It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, July 11th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's bringing back Phantoms Tuesday for the summer. Yeah, why not? Yeah, going to check in with the goings-on at Lehigh Valley and talk about a couple of RFA signings all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. Again, with all the changes going on, just let know know that we are on Instagram and threads at Locked On Flyers as well. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, we avoided arbitration in the Noah Cates contract. Love to see that, uh, Mm -hmm. that they came to an agreement. It shows that there's a good working relationship there, which you uh, really like to see overall. And I think it it was a good deal, you know, a a two-year deal worth $5.25 million, so $2.625 million AAV. Um, I think that given the cap situation, it was good for Cates to take the shorter term deal mm-hmm. in terms of getting maybe a bigger payout later on. And I think it's it's good value for the team in the rebuild. Yeah, it's it's good for everybody. We talked about Cates getting the better of the deal for all the guys. And clearly they, they went for the biggest one first. And, and that's the way to do it. And then you kind of have to do what's left for the other guys. But no, I think this was a good negotiation. I, again, I give... Congrats to Kate's agent. I think he handled this perfectly. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's like spot on in terms of what I would have wanted uh, for him for the next contract. Um, we have not heard confirmation as of recording, but it looks like we're close on Cam York as well. Uh, the rumors out there are saying it's about a 1.5 AAV for a two-year deal. Again, that sounds about right. Yeah, he probably wants more. I would bet his camp wants more, but uh, he just hasn't been able to show enough to to get more. So, you know, it's not a bad salary. No, I, I think it's really spot on. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the final deal, but uh, we'll go from there on that. I think the elephant in the room is the lack of a trade in the Tony D'Angelo situation. Uh, We mentioned on yesterday's show that we thought it might go through on Sunday after we recorded. It did not. As of recording on Monday, it did not. Um, Looks like there's a little wrinkle going on either, you know, on the Flyers end or Carolina's end. But um, as as of now, Tony D'Angelo is still a Philadelphia Flyer. He is. I mean, don't go rush out and buy his jersey because he won't be for long. But uh, yeah, the, 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 what I believe the the wrinkle is is that uh, Carolina is still trying to get Eric Carlson. So that's mm-hmm. there's some cap maneuverability with that to get Eric Carlson. They got to trade Brett Pesci, and Nashville's in on Brett Pesci supposedly. So there's that, and then there's Tony D'Angelo. So of course, in the pecking order, that's last. So right. you figure out those other two things. Then you could fit in that other salary. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, that makes a lot of sense. But it's just a lot of moving pieces and parts yeah. uh, that have to happen in order to make the deal happen. Um, you know, uh, in terms of our schedule, uh, we won't be recording again for a couple of days. Right. So we'll have a show for you every day, of course, but uh, we're not going to be recording for a couple of days, but we'll keep track of it and maybe post a reaction video if it happens in the next couple of days. And uh, I'll do my best home alone face. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh... Oh God! I'm just trying to picture Tony D'Angelo in the room with John Tortorella again, and <laughs> it's not going to happen. Days. Rough days. All right, uh, switching gears to our Phantoms Tuesday discussion. Uh, we do know that the season is opening up October 13th and 14th at PPL Center in Allentown for the Phantoms. Uh, supposedly, the schedule is going to come out on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that, maybe a little later this week. But uh, so far from what we've heard, it's Wednesday. Very excited to get those dates on our calendars mm-hmm. and and see how it matches up with the Flyers schedule as well. The Phantoms are in uh, a different kind of mode this year than they were the past couple of years. As we know, they now have their own GM with Alan McCauley. And it feels like based on how things have been spoken about by Danny Breer and Keith Jones, as well as um, Lappy's presence at various things that there's just more of a cohesiveness. So the Phantoms feel like they're a little different this upcoming season than they were the past couple of years. It feels like there's a lot more cohesiveness between mm-hmm. what the Phantoms are doing and what the Flyers are doing. There's more communication based on what Danny Briera said and Keith Jones has said and uh, Ian LaPerriere and what he said and his presence at, at development camp. And so... You know, we could be seeing a a different look in terms of how this team is structured this upcoming season. But, you know, there there are some things we do know now. Uh, We do know that, of course, with the Victor Mate signing, that theoretically he will spend some time on the blue line Mm -hmm. there. Um, and it will be a call up. We know about the Ronnie Adderd contract extension. Ronnie will likely start the season in Lehigh Valley again to be determined, but likely we have the Rhett Gardner signing that happened earlier this off season. That's a, a pretty solid veteran add to the Phantoms roster. Then we also know that goaltender Nolan Meyer is returning on a one-year contract uh, for the Phantoms. Uh, He had a a little bit of a struggle at various points, but also had some really solid games in that as well. So, um, you know, he he had nine games played uh, overall with a 2.85 goals against average and an 886 save percentage. So the numbers, like, aren't really there for them. Yeah, but that's because he got shelled in one of those games where I think he played back-to-back. He did. There was like the way that they scheduled the goaltending was very off. We talked about yes. that a lot. Hopefully that's a big improvement. Yeah. They made. Again, the goaltending situation, something we're going to get into. They have also re-signed Adam Karashik, the defenseman, and um, he played 23 games with the Phantoms, very li- limited production, but in his time was I would just say a solid AHL defenseman, nothing to write home about. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's possible one or two of these guys could see ECHL time too. I mean, it's with Reading, it's always yeah. possible. But um, certainly they're adding um, depth. They seem to have a little more structure. Uh, we'll see if the plan is better. We'll see if their accountability is a little better. It wasn't bad last year. I just think it could be a little better. And we'll just see. Like, I think uh, there's more pressure on them now because while the pressure is off the Flyers because they're rebuilding, that puts more pressure on Lehigh to help with the rebuild. Yeah, it does. Um, and they're going to have to do that without their former captain, Cal O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, signed a deal with the Milwaukee Admirals, as did Troy Grosnick. We talked about it on an earlier episode uh, in net. So it seems like Nolan Meyer is their like AHL goaltender who could spend some time in the ECHL with Reading yes. uh, as well. But um, they, they've decided not to re-sign Troy Grosnick or Grosnick decided to go elsewhere himself. Yeah, he might have decided he, to go elsewhere. Saw that he's allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, it's not that big of a deal. It's not going to make a huge difference. And O'Reilly, you know, served well as captain. And uh, yeah. again, I think, I think it was good because you wanted to get a little younger. That's one way of doing it. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think so. You know, Cal O'Reilly had struggled. I think physically in the last year or so. Um, wasn't like his best self. So, you know, as much as we love him as a leader and was a great personality for the team, it was probably about time right? as well and get kind of new. Nobody leadership. wants to be told like, hey, we, we don't want you anymore or we're not going to offer you a contract, but there's a time that it has to happen. And, you know, they probably picked the right time. Yeah, they did. Uh, in the meantime, there are some prospects we're expecting to re return, some new faces we're expecting to be there and kind of just looking at the veteran pool overall as well. We are going to get into all that coming up next. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 and you could spend everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Fandle, a official partner of Major League Baseball. On tomorrow's show, tune in for a look around the Metro and how they fared in the draft free agency and early expectations going into next season. Uh, as for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms this upcoming season, I think the biggest part is going to be uh, the prospect development, right? Mm -hmm. So who is the core of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms from a prospect perspective um, and, and who really needs to step up there? So in terms of the returnees, we're going to see Bobby Brink. We're going to ho hopefully see Z Zane Wisdom back in that lineup. We're going to see Samu Tuamala based on what we heard mm -hmm. at development camp. Um, and then on the blue line, we'll see Emil Andre, we'll see Adam Jenning, uh, or maybe he'll make the flyers. But I think the only one that spent time with the phantoms slash flyers last season, that's more of a lock for the flyers is Tyson Forrester. I think 
everyone else is kind of up for grabs. Well, and I think Zamula, because if he gets sent down, oh, because of the waivers, yeah. yeah. That's just yeah. practicality. But yes, I agree with you otherwise. And yeah, I mean, it's a good core to have. I think um, what they're going to be adding is pretty good. Do I think they're a top team? I don't know. I kind of have to see the landscape. Uh, maybe goaltending is not going to be as good as it was. Uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have to see. That's, I think the goaltending is mostly in flux. Yeah, I think so too. Um, we'll probably see Ollie Elixel as well. Yes. Uh, but we don't have a contract on him yet. Um, so he's going to get we'll, the we'll last shekels that are left over. Yeah, uh, on that two way deal. I think, you know, as, as far as new phantoms from the prospect pool that should be there, I'm hoping to see J.R. Avon, Ethan Sampson, and then uh, Helga Granz, who yeah. we acquired in the uh, Provorov deal. Yeah, Granz needs to still learn a few things. Uh, Samson still getting better all the time. Uh, really uh, effective, good speed. And Avon, really good speed, great shot. So all good guys to add. Really, really good. Yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, if there's anybody else from the prospect pool that's going to make the jump. And I'm not sure that there is at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think there is either. So I think that that's kind of where we're at. I think that's a good core, honestly, mm-hmm. like we just said. I just I don't want it to get too bogged down uh, as far as the prospects in terms of making sure they get the proper ice time. Right. That's the thing that's going right. to be most important in their development. And, you know, you look at um, the veterans that are under contract that'll be around them uh, that, you know, we don't have to worry about because they'd already signed uh, Cooper Marodi, um, Adam Brooks. We already knew about Louis Belpedio, Wills Molick, and then, um, Brendan Furry and Jacob Goucher are on AHL contracts. They spent some time with the Reading Royals, but could spend some time, I think, with the Flyers. Brendan Furry, I think a lot of people noticed a little bit more at, at development camp. Yeah, because he's big and he did score one yeah. nice goal. So, yeah, they definitely noticed him. I don't know if he's going to be there to start, but we'll see. Yeah, and uh, I think I mentioned Garrett Wilson as well. Yeah. So uh, that's a good veteran core mm-hmm. as well. I think, you know, for me, the giant question mark that we have heard nothing about is Artem Anisimov, right? Yeah, that one, like if he signs, it's probably going to be last minute because it's probably not his choice. He's probably hoping after last year that maybe he can get uh, a pro deal, uh, meaning an NHL deal, not an AHL deal. And if he can't, then maybe he's going to go back to Russia. But if he doesn't feel like going back to Russia, then maybe the Flyers can get him. But I have a feeling he would be a late. You'll hear something about him late just because he's probably looking at all those different things and hoping that he gets a bite. Yeah, and and can get a two-way deal, right? Right. That's the key for him. I mean, I don't know if he's a guy that people would pick up off waivers, but again, that's a risk when you sign that two-way deal with him. Um, And he, he performed really well this past season he did for the phantoms um they loved having him around the players loved having him around so i I do think that it would be really good for the phantoms to re-sign him and he provided a lot of offense especially on the power play so 
um, I think that's a key part of his contributions. And again, you know, you don't want to take up ice time of the prospects, but you also need people who are going to be able to mentor them and support them. And he was such a great line mate he for was. the top guys. So that that's kind of like, it makes me nervous just thinking about what's happening. Don't get him. nervous. There's, there's a lot of time I mean, between now and now. I know it's not the end of the world either. No. I'm just saying, I, I think you know, he was just such a big part of, of how that team performed this past year. And I would love to see him return, but yeah. completely understand if he wants to get a two-way deal elsewhere. Uh, we did talk about Ali Lixel briefly. He did receive a qualifying offer, but it does like the writing on the wall is he'll get like the last or the yeah. second to last of those contracts. Right. Yes. Yeah. No question. I think they still like him. They didn't really utilize him at the NHL level much, but in the AHL level, he was really, really good. One of the best players. So why not bring him around again and maybe give him a chance this year with the NHL a little bit better, but we'll see. Yeah, and I think kind of going hand in hand with him right now is Jackson Cates, right? Yeah. Who he has not signed yet. And I would think that he would expect to get a two-way deal again because they did call him up last season. They did. And he is smart, and he definitely could be an NHL depth guy. So, yeah, I I don't see why they wouldn't. But if they run out of money, maybe he just is a camp invite, and then they see if somebody's injured or something. Right. So is there anybody else in your book who – you know, we'd like to see return, but they haven't signed yet. Yeah. Matthew Brown. I, I, I still think there's a little something there. The BU guy, uh, he signed late last year to a PTO and yeah, there's, there's some offense there, some good all around play. I'd like to see him, but you know, we haven't heard anything about it yet, but again, he might just be one of those really late guys. Yeah, I think so as well, but yeah, it's going to be hard to, say right now in terms of where this puts them in the division. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, coming up next, but I think the key is going to be this goaltending mystery, right? Yes. Where right now uh, we don't know what will happen between Sam Erson and Felix Sandstrom. We do know that Sam Erson can get called up and, and go back and forth, you know, without waivers still, but Felix Sandstrom cannot. And so that is a risk uh, in terms of that decision-making. It's probably going to be a battle at camp between the two of them. But right. then we have Cal Peterson sitting there as well. We'll and probably will get a look to, too. Yeah. So you have to wonder like with that and then Although they Nolan still Meyer, could buy him out. He still could get bought out because, you know, when you have these other qualifying offers, you do get a second buyout. So he could get bought out still. Yeah. I just... This is like the biggest mystery to me of the Flyers organization yes. right now is what is happening with the goalies and at what level. And it feels like Nolan Meyer is going to get boxed out and play at Reading based on all of this. But again, you know, the Flyers could end up trading Sandstrom. Right. Uh, you know, at some point too. Or loaning so, him overseas. Who knows? Yeah. Again, the, the who knows is the the part that yes. is a little disconcerting right now. We do have a lot more of the summer to go. There are a whole bunch of different scenarios, but uh, we haven't really gotten much of an indication from the Flyers as to what direction they're heading in. No, none at all. Uh, just want to give Russ uh, a chance to talk about his favorite prospect question here with Mason Millman, who has gotten the short end of the stick. Uh, he was at development camp which intrigued me just because it felt like they had 
kind of let him go by the wayside, right? Yeah, but he and he looked pretty good. Like his skating is good, his passing is good. I, I just, I, I just don't feel like he's ever getting that shot at Lehigh, and I feel like he should. I feel like he's earned it. Uh, he's a pretty good player. Maybe he'll never make the NHL, or maybe he'll be a depth defenseman in the NHL. But the only way he's going to do it is if he can't get. He's got to get out of Reading first, and he has really good numbers at Reading. It's not like he's yeah. not producing. Yeah, I think so. Um, hopefully, he gets another shot with the Phantoms. It's just a matter of the roster spot, right? Well, that's the thing. They they loaded. You know, again, this is where they loaded the roster with. A lot of these other guys, the Samolics and and such, and you know, you got this guy who's got offensive ability. He's only twenty one. Like, I just hope the new administration realizes, hey, there is something here at least on the offensive end. He's not bad defensively at all. Uh, give him a shot. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more to talk about with the phantoms in terms of overall expectations and communication. And we are going to get into that coming up next. All right, Russ. So looking at the phantoms from more of a big picture perspective, I think that, you know, while we have seen some good signs so far in terms of the communication about the team and Um, looking at the Phantoms as a more integral or integrated part of the Flyers prospect development plan. Plus, we saw that um, Riley Armstrong is going to be staying in the Allentown area um, and really be able to focus on player development with the Phantoms. I think what it does, to your point from earlier in the show, is shift the focus on onto the phantoms as far as making sure we have really strong prospect growth over this season. Yeah. It's, it's imperative. Like it can't be like it was before. I know the organization tried to say there was a lot of it. There wasn't a lot of it. There could be a lot more. And so this year there needs to be a lot more. That's the expectation. Making the playoffs is great and you still want to do that, but the player development is actually more important. It is. And I think though, balancing that with putting a successful product on the ice, given that they took that step forward last season, you know, making the playoffs, which they hadn't in a while um, and getting the kids playoff experience, which they harped on. I think that is also important. And I think that there, there's definitely going to be a lot more pressure on Ian LaPerriere this season. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot more pressure. Uh, He's probably up to it. I mean, last year there was a lot of pressure too. We'd like to see some special teams get better. We'd like to see mm-hmm. improvement in certain areas. But yeah, they, I think there's more of a spotlight on him. And now he's got a full-time boss. Like it's not just Danny Breer going when he can go. Like it's a full-time boss now. Yeah. And I think that relationship is is going to be key. And that yes. the fact that there's going to have to be more regular check-ins with mm-hmm. this team, more regular um, you know, meetings, I think, with individual players, with prospect development, like looking at the top prospects and saying, okay, we're going to have regular meetings with these players as a Flyers organization, not just right. with the Phantoms, not just with the player development guys, right? It's going to have to be a high level look and say, you know, we're going to set specific goals for you this season and they need to get met. And here's how we're going to get there. Here's how we're going to support you. 
and here's how we're going to keep you healthy. And here's how, you know, all of that and making sure it's coming from the flyers and not just from the phantoms. That's important. Very, very important. You're right. Good point. And then for Alan McCauley, I think that it's, his role is going to be very critical in terms of figuring out the call-ups yeah. with John Tortorella, figuring out that roster management in terms of, you know, if any, the goaltending specifically that we talked about in terms of who's getting reps at Reading that needs to down there, um, what the goalie rotation is. I think that's the biggest thing for me this this upcoming season. I mean, I keep saying that's the biggest thing for me, but it's all important. There's a lot of big things for you, but the goalie rotation is big. Like, and that's something I I have not been able to put my finger on it, whether Kim Dillabaugh was really doing it for the whole organization or just the flyers. It was sort of unclear to me. So I'd like to see this year, there be more of a full view plan where it affects both teams but i don't know i mean it might be up to mccauley it might you know i i just don't know how that part's going to work and that's the part that's up in the air for me yeah and we saw with sam urson this past season that they played him a lot because he liked to play a lot and uh, and they liked having him net in net a lot and he was pretty successful but then you could see when he got worn out by the end of the season they definitely overplayed him um you know sometimes two, three games in a row every week. And uh, that just, I think, was untenable as we got toward the end of the season. And so even if you have a guy like that, that you do have to manage it better. That you, If there's a three-weekend or three-game weekend, play him game one and game three and put the other guy in game two instead of having back-to-back after back-to-back as the season progresses. And we'll look at the schedule of how many three-game weekends there are versus two and maybe a a break in between with some Wednesday games here and there. But that is something they are absolutely going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah, more successful goaltending definitely helps your team. And a lot of it is scheduling and rest and, and load management and all that. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, And it'll be the same with, I think, you know, some of the other guys as well, you know, making sure they're healthy, making sure Mm -hmm. they um, support the prospects the way they need to and support the the rest of the, the squad and making sure it's a cohesive organization. Yeah. And we'll see, you know, going into when it splits off from Flyers camp to Phantoms camp what dev camp did for some of these players. We'll, you know, we'll see if, if, yeah. if it helped, you know, Avon's Absolutely. a good one to watch. Exactly. Yeah. He's going to be, I think a huge addition to this squad. So looking forward to all that in the meantime, uh, while we were recording the cam York deal is official. So it's two years, uh, 1.6 million AAV. So we were pretty close. Congrats to him. Yep. And uh, that will do it for today's show. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we are going to look around the Metro and see how our competition did in the draft and free agency. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. Plus, you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.